five years ago when Oud Virtuoso Rahim Al-Hajj first performed Letters from Iraq, interpreting in music true life stories of people trying to survive in his war-torn homeland, he had no idea how strongly the work would resonate in 2022. The series of instrumental poems is based on letters written by Iraqis. One of them, Running Boy, recounts the story of Rahim's nephew's close encounter with a car bomb explosion. also includes a young boy's desperate search for his mother and the tale of star-crossed lovers, one a Shiite Muslim and the other a Sunni. Rahim now lives in New Mexico after leaving Iraq, where he'd been imprisoned and tortured as a political activist. He's about to perform letters from Iraq and Aotearoa, New Zealand. I first asked him about the long and rich history of the Oud. It started actually in southern Iraq and they invented this instrument. And like I said, a sacred instrument. It was a plane for three categories. First category was to claim for the uh, goddess and goddesses, uh, Inanna and Damuzi. And then the second category was to claim for uh, the priests I mean, when they they doing their rituals. And then uh, the third category to play for the public when they celebrate their seasons and celebrate their weddings, uh, funerals, and so forth. So it's... Uh, um, like I said, this is 5,000 uh, uh, years old, in fact. It, it was the same shape, in fact, the same, made from wood. Uh, it was a three-string right now, it's six-string. And traveled, of course, uh, all the regions. So when you go to it's the north, south, and you go to middle, all Middle East, and then went to Western Europe, and then Europe. They call it the, this grandfather for all the string instruments. If you think of uh, lute, you know, when they lute, they developed from oud, lute, oud. So the European lute, it came from the oud. I had no idea. And guitar. Goodness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in exactly the same shape, except the lute, they have a frets, like a guitar, and the oud is a fretless. You were only nine, I think, when you started to play it. How did that happen? Did you come from a musical family? No, not really. <laughs> My father hated it. <laughs> uh, but actually, in fact, my father actually is the, be- the most beautiful hunting voice I've ever heard. But he was singing just to, to cry, actually. He's not to enjoy himself, no. So uh, my family is not a musical family at all. And um, I just happened by accident when I, my teacher in um, elementary school who's Arabic teacher, actually, he's not a music teacher. And then I asked him if I can just, just hold it or touch it. 
he gave it to me. It's like big ood and almost size of my size. <laughs> so I imitate him. I put my left, right hand on the string and the left hand on the on the zenith we call the the, the neck and I strum it or somehow. But he freaked out and he said, "Oh my God, you are a musician. Take it." <laughs> so yeah, and what he said, "Oh wait a minute, it's not yours until you." know how to play it. So I started my life as a musician till this minute. I'm fortunate. <laughs> well, I, mean, I did wonder when I was reading about your life, you know, you, you've spent time tortured, imprisoned as a political activist before coming to the United States. And I yes. thought, gosh, during those times, Rahim, of, of torture, imprisonment, did music sustain you? I don't, I don't know whether you were able I to just, lose yourself exactly. in that. I mean, um, I mean, that's a really great question. I always say without music, I've been gone for a long time. I mean, really, the reason I am still alive is because of music. And um, I mean, imprisonment and, and, and torture, I mean, not just me, it was like really a lot of people who was uh, against Saddam regime. Of course, they're going to face the same consequence, basically. But uh, music give me going and music made me strong and made me uh, resilient, made me um, uh, resist all the uh, impression and all this injustice and against me and against a lot of people. So I think the music was the uh, reason um, for me to stay alive. Absolutely. All of these experiences that you have had, I feel you have channeled into letters from Iraq. This, the, there is a central story here. How did this work come to be and how personal is it? Yeah, it's it's really incredible, um, by accident actually, to be honest. Uh, and I went like four years to Iraq and I remember my nephew who, who is disabled that time when I visited him, he was a teenager and and he was telling me that, like, uh, hey, I'm, you know, I wrote the letters to United States. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and like, in English or Arabic? He said, no, no, Arabic. So he went there and he brought his notebook and, and he handed it to me and I started reading and I was like in tears. And the horror was he, he faced and it's incredible. And I was just like, oh my God, that's what Iraqi people been dealing with during the time of uh, occupation or time of uh, sectarian violence. And then I asked him, is there anybody else right like that? Or something? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my, my, my friend who moved to another um, city and uh, I think he wrote something like that. So we went there and I find it. So I started to collect them. And then in fact, I remember I didn't want to, to make this as a music. I thought, you know, I'll bring it back. Uh, I will translate it to English and and whatever. I have chance uh, lecturing and, and put them there and talk about the experience that these people have and and how horrifying and, and excruciating for them to have that experience. And I wanted the American people to understand and to see and to hear these voices and they have never really have a chance to be heard. So, and then I find myself actually uh, kind of obligated <laughs> and I said, oh, wow, 
how about I will translate them to English and at the same time I will translate them to notes, to music. That's what I started actually. So I'm, I'm translating literally the, the letters that I got. I written my ego aside, so I was very truthful to the subject itself. So, I mean, I don't need to be virtuosic and I need to be faithful to the story itself. So I chose a new, like a string orchestra, actually, it's basically. So I have to be very faithful, like I said, and very uh, real to the story itself. So whatever the oud uh, can come in when it has a voice, forbidden traction or or um, Eastern love and some of the pieces that the Udid will be more representative actually to the story, but mostly is about the story of these women and children. And I started to just, like I said, I translated to notes. And the, the, in fact, I'm like really great. I mean, like we perform it, I perform it around the world, you know, from China and to US. Kazakhstan, Europe, um, Russia, and I mean, all over the United States. And, and um, yeah, and hopefully right now we can do it in Australia and, and New Zealand. Of course, that, this was in 2017 that it was first performed. You're now performing it in 2022. And the, the war in the Ukraine casts a shadow over everything. So I imagine that in New Zealand, when we watch Letters from Iraq these stories of everyday people trying to survive in a war-torn country, we will also think of those who are in a similar situation, eerily similar situation really, in Ukraine at the moment, trying to survive in a war-torn country. The, the letters and the war of Iraq, it's happening every day. It can happen in Ukraine right now. In fact, I was planning um, before... It's like this pre-COVID, and then again, I was uh, planned to go to Saint Petersburg to play with the Saint Petersburg Symphony Orchestra, which is a big deal in the Men, you know, Marinsky Theater, and and then like two days, three days before I need to leave, and the war started in Ukraine. So and they called me. They said, Rahim, I will still want to come <laughs> to Saint Petersburg, and I I didn't go that because. As you know, it's like I am not just a musician. I am a peace activist and I'm against the war for a long time. And I am always advocate for peace and I always against the war. So I think these letters is representing a humanity more than a specific human being. Does that make sense? It's like it's going to be in Ukraine. It's going to be in Yemen. It's in Syria and Lebanon and Palestine and every uh, uh, crisis or war right now is happening in the world. So it's all about voice, uh, voices of these people and we need to hear them and we need to hear their, their stories and we need to hear their struggle and we need to hear their thought. And, and um, war is, not, is absolutely not the answer for the, for the world. Unfortunately, we keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, as if like we never learned from the history like we lost 70 million people of the first and second war right world war ii and and yet we do the same things over and over again so i hope the letters this will give the humanity a chance to think about the consequence 
and devastation of the people who lives in this planet. It's that extra punch in the gut, really, for those of us listening to the music. That these are, as you say, true stories. You know that we say for your, you know, your nephew, for example, this close encounter with a car bomb explosion. I mean, how terrifying for him. It's extraordinarily difficult, and I was, like I said, I was a crying. I mean, you read the story, it's horrifying. So, and everyone, it's not just like that. I mean, not just like my nephew. My nephew was just because he was the, the initiative of, of that letters. And I'm very close to him and I, I love him dearly, sweetheart. And he's, he's a disabled uh, kid. So what I'm saying is uh, the horror, whatever there is war, there is horror, right? There's, there's, there's catastrophic uh, consequence. And there's like, for example, this little girl who lost her mom in the souk in the bazaar when car bombings happened and, and made her pieces. Um, and this little girl, she was singing out loud her lullaby. She thought when she sings out loud, she's going to wake up again. It's just, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing stories. And I'm just trying... I'm really trying to make me emotional when I talk about it. Um, trying to to put the, the, the human face on these stories and let people, even just for a second, to think about the consequence of war. Rahim Alhaj, accompanied by musicians including the New Zealand String Quartet, will start his 10-centre nationwide tour on the 5th of October.